This episode of the Alley on the Run show is brought to you by Aftershocks. Go to ontherun.aftershocks.com to save $50 on your wireless headphone endurance bundle. Welcome to the Alley on the Run show. I'm your host, Allie Feller, and every week I talk with inspiring people who lead interesting lives on the run and beyond. And while running is the thing that brings us all together, on these episodes, we cover more than what happens on the run. We learn the whys behind the runs, the decisions people have made to get where they are today, and how getting sweaty has factored in. But today, in lieu of one of those inspiring, exciting, interesting people I just talked about, today it's just me. I know I've mentioned this like 800 times by now, but I was so glad I was able to be in Atlanta two weeks ago for the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials. It was just so much more than I expected. More runners, more fans, yes, but more camaraderie than I've ever witnessed in the running community. More smiles more happiness. I came away from the weekend feeling so deeply fulfilled and inspired. Everyone from the runners themselves to their families, friends, internet friends, Atlanta locals, total strangers, everyone seemed so genuinely thrilled to have descended upon the city to celebrate running that weekend. So if only for my own memories, I wanted to finally sit down and talk through the weekend from my perspective what it was like being there as a fan of the sport, as a fan of so many people running in the trials, and as someone who came to running later in life and after a decade on the run myself, found more joy watching others chase down their dreams than I've ever felt in my life. So I wanted to process this. If you're up for that, let's go. Now to go back in time a bit, I booked my trip to Atlanta to be there for the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials on July 10th, 2019. So let's see, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February. Counted that on my fingers. Seven months, more than seven months before the trials. I booked everything, the hotel, the flight. I knew I wanted to be there because I get to talk to so many of these women every day. And I know that many of you probably feel the same way that I felt kind of connected and attached. I didn't have a family member running. I certainly was not running. But I hear all of these stories, whether it's on this show or on other shows or in magazines and articles, and there were just so many people to root for. And so that was in July. Between July and February, there were so many more qualifying races, and we saw people run their Olympic trials qualifying times at CIM, at Houston, and there were just more people to cheer for and more excitement, and it was just this constant build. And so just like with the athletes, I think that even for me, it was like, wow, we've been looking forward to this for so long. Can it possibly live up to the hype? And just like I think every athlete has said, every person who was there has said, and I can confidently say, oh, it lived up to the hype. But before I went, I was like feeling a little sad, which don't get me wrong, super excited, super grateful, looking forward to being there. But it was my first time traveling by myself and being away from Annie for a weekend 
alone. So I had left Annie once before, about a month prior. The last weekend in January, my best friend and I went to Miami. We had a girls weekend. It was amazing, but I was with her, right? I traveled with her, stayed in a hotel room with her. Very cute. Pajama parties, face masks, the whole deal. Actually, we didn't even do the face masks. We brought them and we were too tired. (laughs) We fell asleep instead. So my skin was not as hydrated as it could have been. But for Atlanta, I booked this all on my own. I had tons of friends going. I knew lots of people who would be there, like hundreds of people who would be there. I knew I would make friends along the way, but I was going into it by myself. And the night before I flew out and even the morning of my flight, I had this moment of like, oh, I'm going alone and I'm a little sad about that and I'm a little lonely and I just want to put that out there in case you've ever thought about going to an event and said, well, I don't want to go because I'll be alone. This is my reminder to you that I made a lot of friends while I was down there and so I'm glad that I didn't let going by myself and I've never been someone who cares about not, you know, I'm, I'm happy to go places alone. I go to the movies alone. I did a road trip down the California coast alone. I enjoy spending time with myself. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoy spending time with me too, since it's all me today. But I think it was more the idea that everyone else was going with someone or with a group or everyone had their person or their buddy. And I was just me. Now, looking back, I love that it was just me. The freedom was amazing. My own hotel room was amazing. My own bed was amazing. I am ready to do it again immediately. I love my family, my daughter, my husband, my dog. Love you guys so much. Definitely going to leave you again sometime because uh, I needed this weekend. And so for me, it was an equal mix of work and play. I was going down to Atlanta and I was doing two live shows, one the morning before the race, Friday morning, and one Saturday evening, which would have been after the race. I'll get into that in a bit, but I had some loose work plans, a couple meetings, a couple specific people to meet up with. But other than that, it was like wide open spaces. Please keep listening. I hope I didn't just lose you with that. Uh, I have the voice of an angel. So I get to Atlanta. My Flight was delayed a while, so I spent many, many hours at Newark International Airport, which, you know, people give Newark a hard time. Don't argue with me on this. The new Newark terminal is super nice. There are lots of dining options. There are lots of little pods to sit in. Fortunately, the weekend of the trials, I think, was the last weekend in the U.S. before talk of coronavirus and concern of coronavirus got to be what it is now. There were some people in the airport and on the plane who were wearing masks, but it wasn't alarming. It wasn't top of mind for me. Top of mind for me was getting to Atlanta and having the best time ever. So flew down, Wi-Fi wasn't working, all my dreams of I'm going to get so much work done didn't happen. So I think I fell asleep at one point. I ate my peanut M&Ms, got to Atlanta, trip was a breeze, got in, checked in, and immediately met up with some friends for drinks. So any concerns that I had about like, I'm all alone, which again, was great, was a wonderful thing. Um, Thursday night, I went out and I met some writer and editor friends, some people from Women's Running and Runner's World and had some drinks with them and some chips. And I was just giddy. 
I've never been to Atlanta before. I stayed at the Westin, which was fantastic. My room was on the 30th floor with views of Centennial Olympic Park. And to be able to stand in the room and see the Olympic rings, I love fanfare like that. I love big stadiums and I love places where where you might get coronavirus. No, that's not true. But I love seeing things like just seeing the Olympic rings was so cool. Places that have a lot of history, big monuments, it all just really excites me. And so I met up with them, hung out for a bit, and then spent my first night fully alone in almost two years since before Annie was born. So just me, hotel room, big bed, no alarm. Well, I might have set an alarm. Hard habit to break, but it was really nice. I had a moment of like, oh, I miss my family. And then I think I took a a melatonin and I was just fine. So got a great night's sleep. And the next morning, I really wanted to go out for a run. I had my live show at 1015. So needed time to get there to figure out where it was and to walk there and get ready and all that jazz. And so I woke up really early to go for a run and it was still dark out, which in New York and New Jersey at that hour at 6 a.m. before daylight savings would have been light out. But in Atlanta, it was still dark and I was giddy but didn't want to run alone in the dark. So I basically just like bounced off the walls until the sun came up and then I went out for a run. And this is where my story of don't be nervous about going places by yourself begins because within... 0.2 miles and I didn't know where to run. I just followed some other people who were runners, but they were fast and I lost them in the first 30 seconds. And so I headed down to where the Olympic rings were at the park and I was like, I'll just head down that way and figure it out. And a couple minutes into my run, an amazing woman named Lisa said, are you Allie? And Lisa's my best friend now. (laughs) So uh, we met. Lisa was out running. Turns out Lisa's really fast. Uh, I was like, yeah, let's totally run together. And I was gasping for air the entire time. So um, thanks for the speed workout, Lisa. But we got to chatting and it's just so funny. And this is something I realized a lot over the weekend that you have these conversations with people and then you realize, oh, wait, I know you from the internet. And so Lisa was talking about how her daughter Avery had dressed up as Shalane Flanagan for Halloween one year and immediately I could picture it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that viral photo, which maybe you're nodding along right now too, of the cute little blonde girl holding the flag behind her. And so of course I was like, I know your daughter. I don't really know her daughter. I do now. I did get to meet her, but we just had such a nice time running and we just like this power of running that brings us together in the course of, I think, five miles. Lisa and I talked about everything from motherhood and parenting to Shalane Flanagan to our goals to our PRs, like everything. And I just love how running does that for us. It's, I think, kind of what uh, Veronica Jackson talked about a couple episodes ago where she said, you open up to your running friends in a different way and maybe it's because you're not looking them in the face. You're side by side. And maybe that's what gets us to open up a little bit more. I mean, I like to think I'm an open book no matter what. But um, yeah, I thought that that was really special. And so I ran with Lisa. We had such a nice time. We joined up with the Brooks team and November Project for a bit. We did some burpees with them. I almost vomited because I tried so hard to be competitive and was not was not competitive. Um, I don't know why I think that I can like 
beat people who I know are really fast, but I get all excited. And so anyway, we did burpees, made friends, and eventually headed back to the Westin where, would you believe it, I'm two feet from walking in the hotel and I see Judy Donnelly running toward me. Judy and her daughter, Jenny Donnelly. Jenny was there to run the trials. And Judy, her mom, who you might remember from coming on the show after she ran a PR and a BQ at CIM. Look at all those initials. Running language is crazy. Uh, a BQ and a PR at CIM. And, and so I met Judy. We've never met in real life. And I think that in the course of that run, I gave out like 200 hugs and yeah, like I said, this was before we were all talking about coronavirus and we were all still hugging a lot. But I met Judy. I saw my friend Feeney, who was working out at the hotel gym. And then it was time to get ready for the live show. So while my friend Liz came to my room and ironed my shirt, I sent her a picture of my outfit and she was horrified by the wrinkles. So she came to the room. She ironed my shirt for me while I got ready. And then I headed to the expo. And while I was walking over, again, bumped into one Judy Donnelly with Jenny, her daughter, and Jenny's fiance and Jenny's dad. And I was meeting all these people in real life that I've gotten to talk to over Skype, whose stories I know so well from this show. And I hadn't met in real life. And it was just so special. And so we met up with Jenny. Jenny was staying at the Omni. So I want to tell you about the Omni. And first, I want to actually give another shout out to Atlanta Trek Club because just a world-class organization. They did everything for the trials. They put money and paid for every athlete's hotels and flights. That is so generous. And I think that when they were bidding for this, what, four years ago to be the city to host the trials and they said that they would do that. You know, in the past, there were fields of 150 or 200 runners. This year, they had 700 runners and they held up their promise. And I just think that that, I mean, financially, that's amazing, but they made us all feel so welcome in their city. And every runner that I've talked to, the first thing they say is Atlanta Track Club was amazing. So kudos if anyone if anyone from Atlanta Track Club is listening, you are amazing. And I was so honored that they asked me to be a part of the weekend. So they asked me to do a live show at the expo, which just feels cool. Like, who am I? A girl from Kentucky, New Hampshire, who avoided the mile in gym class and now gets to host a show at the U.S. Marathon Trials Expo. That's just cool to me. So sorry, just um, getting excited, feeling, feeling proud and excited and inspired today. So the Omni Hotel is where all of the athletes were staying. And I will tell you, you could not walk two feet in the Omni without seeing someone you know, someone you follow, someone who's a pro, someone who's Molly Huddle. I saw Molly Huddle in the lobby twice. And the people watching was just bonkers. And there was this buzzing excitement and energy throughout the entire hotel. So we met up with Jenny and then we all walked over to the expo together for the live show. While we were walking into the expo, who was walking in right ahead of us? Shalane Flanagan. We didn't talk to her, she, you know, just kind of let her do her thing, but she was walking in and I was like, Shalane. And so that was kind of a cool, you know, runners, we have our own celebrity sightings, right? Like any Reese Witherspoon could have walked in front of me and I would have been like, excuse me, Reese, like, can you move so I can see Shalane? But 
I mean, no, I think Reese Witherspoon's cool. I also feel like I've brought up Reese Witherspoon multiple times on this show recently, but um, I guess she's my go-to random celebrity to name. So Shalane walked in and then the live show, I will tell you if, I don't know if you listened to it yet, but that Friday morning live show was a highlight of my day, of my weekend, and I am not exaggerating when I tell you it was a highlight of my career and of my life. I had this pinch me moment before we went on stage. They put my logo behind the stage and it was this giant hot pink alley on the run show. And I'm standing there with Jenny Donnelly, Caitlin Goodman, Sarah Cummings, Amanda Nurse, Ladia Albertson Junkins, just five incredible women. And yes, they're incredible because they run fast. It's easy to say that they're amazing women because they run these times. But they're amazing women because they're incredible humans and they're kind and they're just, they're like, I just remember standing there and being like, man, this is exactly who I want my daughter to see is all of these women here. That's like, these are role models for her, all of these women who are here running. And so um, we, we all met, not everyone had met in real life. And so we got to meet and we all shared a big hug and it was like, we all knew who everyone was. And to get that moment together, just the six of us where we hugged and said, oh yeah, I know who you are. Basically. Um, it was really special. And we took the stage and I had notes prepared and I had questions and I didn't look at them because it was such a natural, easy conversation I remember looking up at one point and every seat was filled and people were standing around the seats and it was just, it was surreal of like, I can't believe I get to do this for a living. And it just felt like such an honor. And there were so many super special moments during the show. I hope they came across. If you listen to the episode, you can also watch it. It's on YouTube, which I'll link to in the show notes. But there was this moment when Ladia was talking about Gabe and and she got emotional and Jenny and Amanda instinctively reached over to put a hand on her, kind of like a, you know, I'm here for you. And they all met in person for the real, for the first time, 10 minutes before that. And the moment when Jenny told us all that her mantra was, you belong. And I think we all got emotional because, yeah, that's Jenny's mantra for the Olympic trials, but... I think that that can apply to all of us in so many ways. And I know that for me to be sitting on that stage at the marathon trials, I wouldn't say I had imposter syndrome being there. I was excited and confident and happy and thrilled and honored and all those good feelings. But sure, there's a moment of like, well, why do I get to do this? Like, why isn't Shalane the one hosting this conversation? Why do I get to do this? And so I think that the you belong is something that resonated with me as well. And that was a big takeaway of the whole weekend for me because I wasn't there as a runner. I wasn't there as a sister, a mother. Uh, you know, I I was there as a fan of the sport and as a supporter of so many of these women. And in a very different way, I kind of found my own I belong. And to me, it was realizing that I am bringing something to the running community. And I had women who told me after that live show that they're excited to be there because they feel like they know these women and that they're excited to cheer for the trials because 
four years ago, they didn't know any professional runners, and now they can easily pick a top three or a top 10. And I don't think I realized that that's what I'm doing here until that weekend. Um, And I don't intend for this to seem self-congratulatory or obnoxious. It really was a moment of me realizing that maybe this podcast that I record in my home office is having an impact and is helping grow the running community and support for the running community. And so it was just super special to have that realization after the show of like, oh, wait, people know who these runners are because they heard about them here. Like people know who Jenny Donnelly is because they heard about her on the Alley on the Run show. That That's really cool to me. And that's my reminder that I belong in my own way and that we all belong and that we all bring something different to the community. So, okay, that's my, my warm and fuzzies. I'm sure there's going to be more, but uh, the live show was amazing. There were a lot of really special faces in the audience. I remember seeing Veronica Jackson and Alex Bernardi out there who were the guests on the show that week. Brogan Graham um, and Boyan and John Honerkamp, all from November Project, that they came to support me knowing it was such a busy weekend and everyone had so many commitments. But seeing the way that people showed up for each other was really special. And then after the show, we had this beautiful hug that we all shared And I got off stage and there was a line of people that were waiting to say hi. And that will never not blow my mind that all of the people that I get to talk to every week, the people here right now that are listening to my voice, that I'm picturing you in front of me, stayed and came to the show. Some came right from the airport and just to get to meet you and hug you and spend time with you. It was just so special to me. And that's what I love so much about these events is we, we all do this thing. And I noticed it throughout the weekend. Um, I especially noticed it Saturday morning when I was out running that you overhear, let's say, for example, two women, and you'll hear a conversation that, hi, I'm Gabby. Oh, hi, I'm Jane. Oh my God. Oh my God, you're blah, blah. And like the voices go up a notch. Hopefully I didn't just hurt your ears with that. But it was such a familiar sound all weekend when two women would talk or say hi and realize they follow each other on Instagram or that they connected after a race or basically that they know each other on social media and they're meeting in person for the real life. And I feel so fortunate to have had that moment hundreds of times over the course of that weekend. But I keep going back to that sound of, oh my God. And like the excitement of you're you. And so that was so special. And just the whole morning just had this really positive, wonderful vibe. And so really excited, honored, and just, and, you know, I'll go back to the warm and fuzzies for a second that I haven't realized what I'm doing on this show beyond wanting to have cool and inspiring conversations. In my mind, There's not a game plan. There's no great goal in that sense. Yeah, I have goals, but I'm just having fun conversations with people I think are inspiring. I think I'm trying to go back. I think at some point that was my tagline for the show, but I didn't really step back to realize any impact the show has had until this weekend, that weekend in Atlanta, when Allison Wade, who does the Fast Women newsletter, she tweeted about it. And then... I saw her tweet and I was just blown away because to hear someone you admire say nice things about you, I mean, 
that's a pretty good feeling. So I got off stage, hugged everyone. I started to leave the expo with my friends and I had a text from Kelly Hogan, my friend Kelly Hogan back in New York, who said, I'm sure you've seen this, but OMG. And it was a link to the New York Times. And it was that piece that I'm sure we've all seen now. And I'll link to it in the show notes again. But this piece in the New York Times about why American women are running faster than ever, specifically about the Olympic trials qualifiers and the race that was happening that weekend. And there was a mention of the Alley on the Run show in the freaking New York Times. Starla Garcia, she was on episode 200. She shared her story of being inspired to train for an OTQ after hearing Carly Gill share her story on the show. Like, what? It was just like this intense rush of emotions, this realization that I'm a part of this, that I belong, that I won't ever run a 245 marathon. It is not my goal to do that. But I get to be a part of this community by doing what I love. And I don't know. I don't have words for all of this. And and again, I don't want this to feel self-congratulatory. It's more just that I had this moment of I realized kind of what my role can be in the running community. And it doesn't change anything. It doesn't make me do anything differently. But I've always considered myself to just be a fan of the sport who talks a lot. And it's cool to see a tangible, visible response to that, which that weekend kind of took shape in people showing up and being excited for the trials. Um, Not something I single-handedly take credit for, but anyway, to have a small role in that. Okay, so it took us three hours to walk to get lunch because between my friend Feeney, who works for New York Roadrunners, my friend Liz with Gatorade, Jen with New Balance, I think we saw about 600 people along the way. So the people watching at the Omni alone, like I said, we saw Molly Huddle waiting for Emily Sisson in the lobby to go for their shakeout run, Mario Fraioli, and then two seconds after that saw both Starla and Carly. It was very cool to bump into them at the same time because we were like, hey, you're both in the New York Times and you mentioned the show. Like, it was just very cool. Uh, I saw Jen Bingham in real life. She was hanging out in the Tracksmith Lounge. Um, there were just people everywhere. And it was this excited, very tangible energy. So eventually we kind of needed a little, um, we needed to like chill a bit. So we got lunch. We walked back to the hotel and I was like, I need to introvert. Um, It was an amazing morning, but it was such a buzzy morning. So we all, um, four of us, crawled into the king-size bed together and watched TV and played on our phones. And I tried to catch up on texts and messages and emails. And we ordered two giant orders of French fries and two warm brownies with a pint of ice cream. Room service. Love that. And we tried to make our race predictions for the next day. All of us were wrong, which is exciting in its own. Like, that's so cool. But here's another thing that stands out to me from the weekend. Every time, and this happened constantly, you would hear people talking. I guess I'm an eavesdropper. I feel like I eavesdropped a lot in Atlanta. But you would hear someone say, who are your top three? Who are your picks? Who are your top three? And the response was always, you know, Des, Shalane, Sarah, or Alephine, Sarah, Kellen, like whatever it was. It was always three women's names. Everyone was talking about the women's race. And listen, it's not a slight to the men. The men are amazing. They're fast. They're great. They're strong, whatever. But to hear women's running really being the talk of the weekend and to feel that the women's race really was 
the story of the weekend and the celebration, that's pretty powerful stuff because a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, certainly 10, 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. And we still have work to do. But how cool is that? That everyone was talking about the women. So that was Friday. Eventually we got dinner. I remember being very tired. Couldn't even tell you where we went to dinner, but I know I was tired. I know I face planted into bed. And that brings us to Saturday race day. I'm putting myself on pause for a hot second to tell you about our sponsor, Aftershocks. Every week on the show, you hear me talk about how much I love my Aftershocks wireless headphones. I am so proud to have worked with this brand for so long, and I go on every run with a pair of Aftershocks Aeropex headphones. They're the newest model, the greatest model, Mevka Flesge's favorite model, and my favorite model. The best sound quality using bone conduction technology, all that means is these headphones are not going in your ears, they're going on top of them. So, you know why I love them, you know Meb loves them. Have to read you this great post that popped up in the Alley on the Run show Best Running Friends Facebook group. It comes from my new friend Heather who wrote, Hi, thought I would share with likely fans of Aftershocks. Not that I would recommend this, but I accidentally put my pair through the washing machine and they came out working fine. They aren't kidding when they say Aftershocks works through all weather. Now, this is, of course, a funny joke. Heather did wash her Aftershocks. I don't recommend that. Aftershocks is not going to put in their marketing materials that they are washing machine proof, and I don't think washing them is a great idea. Sorry, Heather. But this is clearly a testament to the strength and power of these headphones. Us runners, we think we're tough. Aftershocks headphones are tough. They can keep up with all of us. They can even outlast your washing machine. So don't go and wash yours, but do go and buy a pair. Go to ontherun.aftershocks.com. You'll get $50 off your Aeropex Endurance Bundle. You'll get those Aeropex headphones I mentioned, plus all kinds of runner goodies. That's ontherun.aftershocks.com for $50 off. Now let's get back to uh, more of me. Saturday was race day. So not for me. I was not racing, but may as well have been because, oh my gosh, the group runs on Saturday morning before the trials were bonkers. A few different people had organized group runs. There was one that Peter Bromka had organized. If you follow Peter on Instagram or Twitter, super cool, inspiring guy. There was also the Northern Arizona Elite Crew had organized one, right? So Coach Ben Rosario and Ben Bruce, who you heard from during Love on the Run Week, Steph Bruce's husband, they organized a group run, conveniently leaving from the lobby at the Westin where I was staying. So my friend Julia, who you might remember, she was on Motherhood Mondays, the last episode of Motherhood Mondays. We, again, had not met in real life. We're so looking forward to getting to finally meet this weekend in Atlanta. And she wanted to do this group run, her and her husband, Dan. So I'm like, great, perfect. I'll do that too. So we meet in the lobby and there were at least 300 people in the lobby alone. By the time we all got outside and ended up merging with Peter Bromka's group, which was separate, there were more than 1,000 people on the streets of Atlanta, none of whom were running the trials, but who were there to watch, cheer, support, it looked like a race. We ran down Peachtree, which was part of the route for the trials. And I mean, the group run was a little chaotic, but like we took over the roads. 
Normally, I would not advocate for that. I'm very rule follower, stay on the sidewalks, wait for the crosswalk signs. Well, that's not true. I don't always wait for crosswalk signs. I do if I'm with Annie, but um, I have been known to run out into streets. But I blame that on living in New York City for 10 years. So it was just bonkers how many runners there were. It looked like a race happening. As far as the eye could see, there were runners ahead of us and runners behind us. All paces. Everyone was happy. Lots of people showed up alone. So again, if you've ever hesitated, didn't want to show up for a group run or group activity alone, I encourage you to do it. It might change your life. So I spent the whole run with with Julia just chatting about, again, pretty much everything that runners chat about. We ended our run, I think. So we eventually realized we weren't sure if we were still with the group run. I thought we were running in a loop. I thought we were going to do about three miles. And I was like, perfect. All of a sudden, we looked down at our watches and realized, well, I don't wear a watch, but on my, my app on my phone, that we were actually three miles from the hotel and we needed to turn around. So we turned around. Six miles later, we were back at the Olympic rings in Centennial Olympic Park. And again, the people watching, the voices of, oh, my God, oh, my God, friendship happening. We finished our group run at the same time that Kara Goucher and Women's Running finished their run, which was clean sport. And I mean, Kara Goucher's run, again, had hundreds of people. So standing around the Olympic rings, I saw Erica Serra and Gabby and Christine Burke and Mary Wittenberg and Michael Caparasso from New York Roadrunners. Just the, the people watching was so good. All of my internet friends and so many of you that we met and hugged. And I think I was down there for like a half an hour after the run, just doing friendship. And I live for that. So another moment that stands out from the weekend, uh, Mary Wittenberg, she was the president and CEO of New York Roadrunners for a long time. And she is someone that I have really looked up to in my whole adult life. Her, her leadership, her vision, the way she's such a champion for women's sports. I, I love what Mary does and what she stands for. And I never thought Mary would be someone I would get to call a friend and this sport has brought us together and she's been on the show a couple times and we've done live events together. And somehow I ended up fortunate to be walking back toward the hotel with Mary. And we just had one of those life-changing conversations again about the power of running and what it's done for our lives. And when I met Mary, I was like nervous to talk to her. This was many years ago, but I think I was still working at Dance Spirit and was new to running New York Roadrunners races and was such a fan of hers. And like to see Mary in Central Park, that was my ultimate celebrity sighting. And so to get to spend time talking with her and over the years, she's been someone that I've really shared my goals with and she's helped me and looked out for me. And the reason that I share this is a, to get you to thank those people in your lives. I, um, I thank Mary profusely, and I hope she knows how grateful I am for her, but also the power that you can have when you're that person for someone else. And I don't know that I've had the opportunity to be that for someone yet, but um, again, it's just seeing the way such unlikely things can bring us together. A hobby like running um, can lead us to have these really meaningful, life-changing conversations. I know I'm being vague, but like Mary Wittenberg said amazing things to me that day and I should have written them down or recorded it, but I didn't. So I took a shower, hit the breakfast buffet, and it was time to cheer for the Olympic marathon trials. So um, at this point, I will admit, so I did end up, I know I said I was like talking about being there alone. Um, 
Aaron Feeney was there. Aaron is one of my very best friends and our friend Liz and my new friend Kara. And we ended up really being kind of a foursome for the weekend. And that's who I was cheering with on Saturday. And so uh, I love these weekends because I love getting to meet so many people. Having my friends with me is really funny because by this point, when we were walking to our cheer spot, they were just like making fun of me and yelling, oh my God, are you Ellie on the run? Are you Ellie on the run one? Uh, and so, you know, it's it's good to have those friends that bring you back down to earth. And so we were having fun. We got our cheer spot. We were right near the fluid stations, which I think I've mentioned on the show before that at most races, the bottles, we've heard the pros talk about their bottles, right? So it's like the the pros or the elites get personal bottles that they drop off the night before the race that have whatever they want in them, vodka, Bloody Marys, I don't know. Uh, At the trials, Atlanta Track Club offered this bottle service to every single runner. And hundreds of them took the offer, which meant hundreds and hundreds of bottles to be organized on the course. And so we were right next to those fluid stations. We were next to the women's tables. And The organization of it all was incredible to see every bottle in its exact spot. And so cheering was amazing. I mean, what can I even say? So it was super windy. We know that. We've heard about that. The men come through and we were in a spot where we would see the men and the women six times each. So we were on an out and back and we saw them, I think, at like mile two for the first time. And then if you do the math some other miles after that. Wow, I'm informed. And so the man, the men came through. It was exciting. We were all kind of looking for our, our favorites, our picks, whoever they were. We were also looking at the shoes. It was hard not to. We were trying to see how many were wearing the alpha flies, how many were in the vapor flies. Um, but it was windy. It was crazy. The men got their bottles. And where we were was where the men were told to start to discard their bottles. So all of a sudden, the men come through and bottles were just flying at us. Um, I caught Jared Ward's bottle, which was cool. I held on to it because I was like, if he wins, I'm going to keep this. Um, Unfortunately, he did not end up in the top three, but I felt cool. I held his bottle the whole race. And my friend Feeney got hit by a bottle, like straight out of the scene from Pitch Perfect when Bumper throws the burrito at Fat Amy while she's pumping gas or forgets to. So yeah, it was it was crazy. It was chaos. And then just a couple minutes later, the women, and this is the image I remember most from the whole weekend, is the image of 500 women storming down Peachtree. I kid you not, you could hear Beyonce in your head singing that Girls Run the World. It was such a powerful visual to see So many women, so many fast women in a pack, so many of them were smiling and you just can't get that anywhere else. It just felt so special to see and I don't know how better to describe it than just a blur of badass women. We got so excited for every time that they would come back. So, you know, at this point, I'm sure you've heard how the race played out. It was very exciting, even from where we were standing to see the packs eventually break up and and to see who was making moves, who was falling back. But as excited as I was to see who our Olympians would be, for me, I wanted to see as many faces and names I knew as possible. And so we were on the lookout for the women I did the live show with the day before, for Starla, for Carly, um, 
for for all of these women that we all know and cheer for from afar and we screamed our faces off I lost my voice for a solid several days after the fact I cried so many times I mean I Jenny Donnelly if you're listening you are an icon I've never seen a happier runner than Jenny Donnelly just beaming and we saw every single person we were there to see usually multiple times so you know as fans crushed it after the women went by that sixth time we of course wanted to see the finish we knew we wouldn't have time to get to the finish so We dashed into, I think it was the Atlanta Historic Society that was right near where we were. They were playing the race on a big screen. So we saw the men's finish from there. Then we moved to a bar to see the women's finish. And let me tell you, when Des moved from fifth into fourth, she passed Laura Thweet to finish fourth, which is ultimately where she finished. The bar went insane. And yes, I know that it was all runners and that we were all there for the race, but to see running on the big screens and bars packed and the streets packed of people cheering for this little sport that we love so much, what a cool feeling that people know Des Linden's name so well now that Brian texted me, oh my God, Des. I didn't even know he was watching the race at home. And that to me is a really powerful thing. So the bar went crazy. The finish was so exciting. It was a great race, and, you know, I, of course, congratulate everyone who ran that day, and I I thank all of you for inspiring me so much. I know I already broke down in tears talking about this on Veronica and Alex's episode last week, but I've never felt the way that I felt being in Atlanta that weekend, so... Truly, truly a magical race to get to witness. Then it was time for the You Can Live show, which again is up on the Alley on the Run show feed if you haven't caught it yet. But um, I pretty immediately went back to the room and was like, okay, I got to get my voice back and I have to wake up because it's already been a long day. And so went back to the room. I ordered a steak Caesar salad, which is like one of my favorite things. And it didn't get to my room in time. So (laughs) that was a sad That was a sad like $40 room service charge that I didn't get to enjoy. I don't know why I remember that of all things from the weekend, but the You Can show was bonkers. Again, super honored to be asked to do a live show with You Can, with Carrie Tollefson, Meb Kofleski, and seven You Can athletes, all of who shared their amazing, amazing stories. It was a whirlwind of a show. I don't remember if I mentioned this before, but... Our goal was to tell as many of the athletes' stories from the day as we could. So we were just pulling people up as as we saw them. And we didn't always know how their race had played out. And everyone was really honest and vulnerable. And the room was packed. And I'll tell you what I remember so much about that night, which was after the show. And, and again, I thank everyone so much for coming and for staying after and for the hugs. And it was super fun. But I got to meet Avery, who my friend Lisa that I met on the run on Friday morning, she brought her daughter to the live show and it was so cute. I think Avery's like seven years old and she is so sweet and gave me a big hug. And we talked about Shalane Flanagan and how she wants to meet her and how she's doing another school project about her. And to see a seven-year-old that excited about women's running and distance running and, and has women athletes to look up to. I think I couldn't name a professional female runner until I was well into my 20s. I remember, I think I knew who Kara Goucher was at some point. 
and yeah, I wasn't a runner when I was younger, so maybe it's different. But again, just to see young girls who know these names and look up to these women, I think that's a really cool thing. So got to meet Avery, got to meet so many amazing people who came to the show, eventually got dinner, eventually passed out, went for one last run the next morning around Atlanta. I did cheer for the marathon, the half and the 5K for a little bit. Um, and then it was time to go home. And I know that this has mostly been almost an hour of me just rambling about a weekend. And I know I've probably repeated myself a lot, but my cheeks were sore. I remember sitting on the stage Friday morning at the live show and realizing my cheeks were sore because I was smiling so much. And by the end of the weekend, my throat was sore from cheering and smiling and talking. And a lot of it comes back to the inspiration for me why this was such a powerful weekend. And it's because for many of these women, these dreams did not happen overnight. For some of them, they chased the goal of getting an Olympic trials qualifying time or running at the trials for four, eight, 12 years. And this was their big moment of getting to run at the trials. And it was so magical. Not every race was magical. I know that a lot of people didn't have the race of their dreams that day. But being there and being a part of it It so helped me realize that dreams don't happen quickly. And sometimes you work at something for four, eight, 12 years, and then it comes true. Maybe to see those women running down Peachtree as a sea of speedy, badass women and to know how much work they all put into to get to that point, that's really sticking with me. And it's making me want to dream big and work hard And maybe make my dreams a priority. I think I'm someone who likes to make everyone else a priority. It makes me feel good to make other people happy. I'm always going to make Annie probably my first priority in my family. But I got to see a lot of women and men. Hi to the men. You're great too. But I got to see a lot of women, many of whom are mothers, are busy, have intense jobs, have not had easy lives. To see them out there. I hope I never forget that visual. And if you couldn't be there, I hope I painted something of a visual for you to hang on to. I hope that you never hold back from doing something you want to do because you're afraid that you'll be by yourself. And I hope you know that you belong. Big congratulations to everyone who ran in Atlanta. Big thank you to everyone who said hi to me that weekend, who showed up for me, who hugged me. We got to take photos together. It was one of the most special weekends of my whole life, and I'm so grateful, and I'm going to keep sharing these stories. And it's not just about the speed. If you're listening to the episodes with those runners from the trials and you're thinking, well, I can't relate to that. I don't run a 239 marathon. It's all the other messages. It's the you belong. It's the you got this. It's the we're in it together, the community, the power of running. With that, my cheeks are sore again. I think I've lost my voice again. That was my recap of the 2020 U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials from a fan's perspective. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Alley on the Run show. If you're still here, I applaud you. I know that was a lot of Alley. If this episode wasn't totally your jam, I get it. Next week, back to regularly scheduled programming with all those inspiring, amazing, oh-so-talented guests. They'll be sharing their stories, and I'll get my voice back hopefully soon. 
Remember, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Allie on the Run One. I'm on the Allie on the Run Facebook page. And I highly recommend joining the Allie on the Run Show Best Running Friends Facebook group. The conversation and support in that group have just blown me away. I'm really proud of that little community we're forming. So come and join us. We'd love to have you. Finally, let's give it up for our wonderful sponsor, Aftershocks. You know I love me some Aftershocks. Go to ontherun.aftershocks.com. You'll get $50 off your wireless headphone endurance bundle. You're going to love those headphones. I pinky promise. That's ontherun.aftershocks.com for $50 off. Until next time, thank you so much for inspiring me. And thanks for joining me on the run.